of BNN News. I'm Kelly Ransom. And I'm Faith Amaphidon, and we're so happy to have you with us tonight. We've been hard at work developing a new nightly program which will shine a light on the dynamic city of Boston. We hope that you'll join us on this journey and consider us your go-to for hyper-local news. To start, we'll be airing live Mondays and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. You can also live stream or watch us on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each episode will be rebroadcast at 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, RCN Channel 15, and Fios Channel 2161. Finally, you can also hear us on the radio at 6.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. on WBCA 102.9 FM. As you get to know us, we hope you will share us with your friends and be inspired to engage with us on our BNN Facebook page and social media accounts. And now... And now the news! The news. <laughs> On Monday, May 30th, Governor Charlie Baker, Mayor Michelle Wu, and community members gathered at the Puerto Rican Veterans Monument Plaza in the South End. The monument serves as a memorial to the U.S. Army's 65th Infantry Regiment from Puerto Rico and is the first ever public U.S. memorial built on the mainland in honor of Puerto Rican veterans. The memorial was first created in 1999, and a statue was added in 2013 inscribed with the words, La libertad no es gratis, freedom is not free. Liberty is not free, freedom is not free. And hundreds of thousands of veterans have given their lives to maintain that freedom in this country. And that's why Memorial Day, we want to remember those who gave their lives to keep us free, to stay, to maintain the freedom that we all love so much. It's very important to recognize all veterans, but in particular there's a lot of veteran uh, communities that aren't as recognized as much. A lot of these groups, like here we're in the Puerto Rican Monument, and it's dedicated to the Puerto Rican veterans, but also uh, the Latino veterans and all veterans. Because while we're going into harm's way, there's always a lot of people that are running away from harm's way. And it's up to us, the veterans, the service members, and those who are serving today, who do that. They go into harm's way, and it's very important that every Memorial Day we recognize, honor, and respect those that have given their lives so that we could all be here today. You honor and you celebrate those who paid that price by doing all you can to try to leave this country, this community, this city, this commonwealth better than you found it. That's the way you deliver on the check that was written and paid with their lives by those 37,000 Americans. From all of us at BNN, we thank all service members and their families for their sacrifice. Fenway Park, a field of athletic excellence, made room for academic excellence on Tuesday, May 31st, as 33 BPS high school valedictorians were honored for their scholastic achievements. The hardworking students were treated for the 24th annual Boston Public Schools Valedictorians Luncheon at Fenway Park. This is the first in-person luncheon since 2019. The first event of this kind was held at Parkman House in 1999 and has grown each year since. My parents are the strongest 
I always keep track on doing my classwork and homework, uh, asking to the uh, teacher how I can improve my grades. Even though I like um, I I got grades, like even though it is okay, but I was like, no, I have to I have to have good grades. I have to I have to have A all all of my classes. So I tried. I uh, like always with my teachers, asking questions to them, and always tried my best to get to win. Well, they were a part of my work ethic, but also they do support all my choices and what I want to do. They're very confident in me as a girl itself because this is the type of field that not a lot of women go into, so I'm very proud of myself. And they're very proud of me. I think what separates them may be the support that they have had from everyone around them, their families, their communities, their schools, but especially their own hard work. I think that's probably one of the most important things is that they've wanted to they've wanted to make something out of themselves that's special and that they've really worked hard at it. So they took into consideration all the support around they put it all to good use and now they're ready to go on to the next stage. The fact that you are where you are right now despite the impossible happening at home at school in all the lives of people across the neighborhoods of Boston shows just how ready you are to emerge, carry forward our city in your heart, representing, representing us in everything that you do moving forward. On Wednesday, June 1st, thousands gathered at the Boston Common to witness the national rededication of the Robert Gould Shaw and the 54th Massachusetts Regiment Memorial by Augustus St. Gaudin. This year marks the 125th anniversary of the original unveiling. The national rededication ceremony marks the end of a three-year, $3 million restoration process through a partnership with the National Park Service, the City of Boston, Friends of the Public Garden, and the Museum of African American History. The Robert Gould Shaw and 54th Massachusetts Memorial honors the regiment's courage and sacrifice. It is considered to be one of the 10 monuments that changed America. On Wednesday, June 2nd, the city of Boston kicked off National LGBTQIA Pride Month with a celebration on City Hall Plaza. The event featured performances, speakers, and the announcement of Quincy J. Roberts Sr. as the inaugural executive direction, director for the Mayor's Office of the LGBTQ Plus Advancement. Throughout June, the city of Boston and the Office of LGBTQ Plus Advancement will be hosting, supporting, and amplifying events that serve the local community. For more information, please visit boston.gov forward slash LGBTQ. No one is immune to tragedy, especially the families of our military. Here's Kelly with a powerful interview with Melida Arredondo of the Arredondo Family Foundation. The following interview contains sensitive subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome, Alita. Good to see you, Kelly. It's good to have you on today. Um, so, what is your role at the Arredondo Foundation? Well, we've gone all volunteer since uh, COVID uh, started. Fundraising was very challenging, and you were competing a lot. Again, it was a lot of competition against MDH Home Base and other incre incredible organizations that have funds and uh, do incredible work with suicide prevention. So, you're one of the founders, along with 
My Carlos. husband, Carlos, yes. Yeah. Um, so what is the mission of the Arredondo Family well, we've Foundation? We've changed it a little bit. Um, we actually uh, were working with um, job categories that um, hire a lot of veterans. So we focused on police and we focused on uh, firefighters, where there are a high number of veterans in those fields. The ones that um, really came out for us and really like the uh, QPR training that we do, question, persuade, refer, is um, was the firefighters. We did a couple of police, but they, they had their own um, education system. And before COVID, we went all around the state. We went all the way out to this little, I don't remember the town, but it was, you, if you walked a little bit more, you'd be in New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we've uh, been here in the greater Boston area. We've been to places along Route 2 and down, heading down south. So we've really, we really got, um, we're able to meet a lot of different firefighters and people who work with firefighters in some cases. In some small towns, the firefighters might be the paramedics, might be more than that and have mm -hmm. several different roles. But now, um, and the goal, one of the goals were also to reach out to military families so that they knew the signs and um, when their loved ones come home from deployment in order to get them early intervention. Unfortunately, that has been really challenging. Uh, there are not a lot of formal organizations that um, have allowed us in. Uh, and w that's one part of the uh, objective that we really want to focus on. Another part of the objecti objectives are that, car well, our whole family is Spanish speaking. Mm -hmm. um, the boys were um, Spanish understanding, <laughs> especially when it's time to eat. And uh, so Alexander was the younger of my two stepsons. I'm sorry, the older. He ended up joining the Marine Corps at 17. He went early enlistment. And he was in, he turned 18, 19, 20 while in the Marine Corps. Wow. And um, we lost him. He was killed by a sniper on August 25th of 2004. Um, and that was a great loss and impacted many of us in the family emotionally um, and with a lot of anxiety. Uh, his youngest brother, the, his younger brother, Brian, um, also my stepson, became very depressed and very anxious um, and was having a hard time finding his way. He ended up uh, in 2006 trying to take his life. A noose was found in his room, a wire noose. And then in 2011, he completed suicide. He died by suicide in the same manner that um, he set out to do in 2006. And um, many of us within the family tried to get him assistance, service. He felt he ended up doing some uh, time in, in jail, not because he was sentenced to jail, but because there was not enough money to get him out at the time. And that was very sad. Um, and uh, a lot of us, it weighs on our minds. So um, now, because we all come from Latino roots, 
we um, are, are learning and opening up our training this year so that Spanish speakers can learn because Spanish Latinos um, in a lot of, um, especially recently, uh, are forgotten, okay? Um, and Latinos go through war to get here, mm -hmm. okay? Literally, okay? Um, and I know of many women who have been raped trying to cross the borders, as well as men. Mm -hmm. um, or they come from war-torn countries. Uh, I'll give you an example, Honduras and Guatemala. The, the, uh, the gang violence, and it's almost bigger than that. It's like the mafia. Mm -hmm. um, it <clears throat> happens every day. And families try to send over um, their younger children so they don't get involved in, in gangs. Right. And at some point, they try to cross to be with their families here in the United States. There are a lot of uh, trauma um, in, in the, in the mom, people who are trying to cross the border. And then it's, it has been um, exacerbated uh, during the former president's time by having children and families separated and uh, children held in um, cages. So our, our welcomes have not been um, very good right. in the past few years. Well, it's great that you're doing outreach to them now um, when it's critical to be happening. Um, so I know that you're doing classes, which is a new piece, and it's for work training. I'm wondering if there's a connection um, or if the foundation believes that there's a connection between work placement and prevention of suicide. Well, we, um, there, I, I don't call them classes. I call them training sessions. Training but, sessions. And... Um, we have lost a lot of firefighters, um, the, both the police and the fire department. You know, don't hear too much around the police, but the, uh, firefighters, I'm in touch with a lot of different groups, and their numbers are high. And when I ask, um, was this person a veteran, uh, nine times out of a ten, ten, they were a veteran. So going from a traumatic um, I can't say that the armed services are like a job. Lifestyle, because mm -hmm. it's everything. Everything's involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, people come back changed from their deployment, then trying to find a good job because they have this family. They get, they, they get here, and then they have to go out on suicide calls. That's part of their roles, and, uh, as well as the paramedics and, um, and the police. And they, they have often walked in on people who are uh, violently, have violently taken their lives. Mm. So that, on top of their service in the military and losing their buddies who have been in the military, right. from Alex's um, cohort of uh, Marines, um, I believe that two-thirds have taken their life from the Alpharetas. And uh, so I, he, he often used to say he wanted to go into the police or the, um, to be a firefighter. So had he lived, um, I know he already had some PTSD, but who knows what, how he would have lived his life and how it would have impacted him. So what other resources did the Arredondo Family Foundation um, provide for people experiencing these traumatizing 
Well, when our moments. funds are when our funds have been high, we have helped uh, different families who have experienced a loss through suicide, um, military suicide. What does that look like? Well, I'll tell you of one family on the South Shore. The um, everybody came in from the army. Everybody came in and helped. They got him buried and everything. The 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 soldier buried and everything like that, which was wonderful and was supportive. But at the end of the everything's calmed down. The house is still blood ridden because he had mm -hmm. taken his life by gun. And um, so our services were available to send to pay for the costs of getting that blood scrubbed wow. and all you know it's biocontaminant so everything done safely and ready for the for them to return and then eventually they sold but you can't sell a house with blood all over right, it right. then another situation is uh a second family here in massachusetts like us we had um so we lost alex in the military and then we lost his brother by suicide there's an, a second family who's had that exact same situation happen and so the military doesn't help if it's a sibling, okay? Right. Even though it's related, they, they don't help. Um, so they did some fundraising and we helped with um, travel for family members who needed to come over. So we helped with travel, uh, people who needed to be there. And that was helpful. Um, yeah, so there, there are these, uh, the, the situations are all diverse. It varies, yeah. But you're there, which is what is most important. Yeah. Um, so I want to switch gears a little. Uh, the Boston Marathon recently happened, mm -hmm. and I know that your foundation had some runners involved. Um, what was that experience like? Um, it was, it's always a great experience. It's always a great experience. I really appreciate um, the BAA, specifically former executive director Tom Grilk. He's been on our side um, helping us um, and giving us the opportunities that we didn't even know we had. That, that he was like, of course you should be part of it. And he's recognized both Carlos and I as survivors. Okay, uh, There are many organizations from the very beginning who did not. They just think, oh, well, Carlos is a hero. Why is he going to have post-traumatic stress or whatever issues that went on? We both lost our hearing. Okay, and we both have suffered on top of many other tragedies and traumas in our life, uh, continued post-traumatic stress disorder. So this year, we were fortunate enough to have three runners. I was fortunate enough to uh, have a friend reach out to primarily Latinos, and they were all Latinos this year, which I think was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, Jessica, Karen, and I can't remember your name, Darion, there we go. <laughs> okay, and it was wonderful, Darion actually came in really good time, so I think he's gonna be invited back as an athlete next year. That's amazing, I mean, I think that's really powerful to take back the finish line like that after everything that you've gone through. Yes. Um, and I hope that they do run next year, that'll be great to watch. Yeah. Uh, so what do you hope to accomplish in the future with the Arredondo Family Foundation? Well, we need, we need funds in order to accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, the best thing to do is to go to the Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash Arredondo Family Foundation. And if you just go to the mark and put in Arredondo Family Foundation, it'll come up. And uh, there you can get in touch with anybody who's 
personing the page, and um, we can explain how you can donate um, and, or send you the link. Are you also looking for people to get involved in the organization in other ways? I'm going to work. I'm going to work for, with students oh, this that's year. Great. I'm going to work with students. I have a, um, one of our uh, before any, anything happened with um, COVID. One of our um, interns was with us three years, and she wow. and she had her brother who was serving in the Navy SEALs at the moment. So we, we give out a scholarship at UMass Boston, and so she got she received that, and then she's she's like I love you guys. So she she was with us for three years. She's gone on to bigger and better things. She has an MBA now. I believe she's getting close to being married. Oh, so that's yeah, it's been it's been great to keep in touch, um, as well as some, many of the other people who've um, interned or at that time were employed. Um, but we plan on doing this um, until we really hit the big time. <laughs> And then we'll think about hiring again, but it, we haven't had um, uh, we had to get let everybody go in 2020. Right. Well, I'll make sure to get that information up on bnmmedia.org so people can get connected with you and the Arundando Family Foundation. I want to thank be. you so much for being here today okay. and sharing your story. And I just want you to know that you're incredibly strong, and the work that you do is so important. The way Carlos puts it is. This is a positive thing with the foundation, both to remember Alex and Brian, but it also means the day I'm not staying in bed or letting the depression get to me or to him. So in that way, moving forward, trying to help as many as we can. The mission of BNN News is to foster an environment for the inclusive, equitable, and diverse points of view and voices in Boston to be heard. In the spirit of celebrating this mission, BNN News is excited to share the following poem, which was commissioned to celebrate the National Main Streets Now Conference coming to Boston in 2023. When We Say Boston, written by Boston's Poet Laureate Portia Olawiwola, brings us along a verbal journey of what makes Boston special. Enjoy. When we say the city of Boston comes from Old English, we don't mean England. We mean the city of Boston is derivative of the word hamlet. Hamlet meaning small town. When we say small town, we don't mean we are a small place. We mean we are intimate. We mean get to know the people. But when we say the city of Boston, what we mean is city of patriots, city of Minutemen, derived from immigrants, city of still here, home of thinkers, dreamers, writers, Poe, Plath, Phyllis, Frost. When we say Boston is named after St. Baltic, patron saint of travelers, what we mean is we stay on the move. Stay moving, stay running, Duncan or Marathon, stay strong. When we say the city of travelers, we mean visit and stay long. Sink your toes into this city. When we say Boston is a walkable city, what we mean is invitation. Come through, walk through. The Greenway is an emerald necklace, an heirloom. The corridor is a lush field, vein through city of intent a lane forged for you to move through a road, for you to carve into your own path. When we say Beantown, what we mean is we have great tastes, great eats, 
come for the oysters and stay for the child of Pearls in Dorchester, Bobby's and Upham's, JP Seafood Cafe, people who think in and outside the ivy walls. Small city, big hearts. A hospital, a health center, a doctor, just up the block, round the corner at the bodega, just past the library, everything you need at the turn of the street. When we say Boston is a city of main streets, of neighborhoods, we mean Grove Hall. We mean Razi and East E, Mattapan and Brighton. We mean get to know us, tighten it. City of three family homes built by Irish immigrants, Celtic City. When we say Celtic City, when we say Pat's Nation, what we mean is winning is a part of our history and our future. DNA to who we are, champion unto the world, whirlwind city, and still a beacon up top the hilly mound of this country, home to the first park, first public garden, first public school, first restaurant, first urban main street, we blueprint city. Boss town, follow through. When we say Boston, what we mean is joy, love, Roxbury, the Tea Party, and the massacre. When we say Boston, what we mean is revolution, evolution, reaching, changing, shaping, a better you, a better us. The McBride Street Extra Space Storage got the facelift of a lifetime, courtesy of Stony Brook Neighborhood Association. Jamaica Plain residents celebrated the unveiling of two new murals by Boston-based artists Sharif Muhammad and Julia Seco in collaboration with Eddie Masonette at Southwest Corridor Park. The winning murals, Rainbow Swag and A Message to the Future, covered 2,500 square feet of the storage facility and were selected from a pool of very, very talented artists, 30 in fact. The stunning murals were painted by Studio Fresh. How do you feel your piece speaks to the essence of Jamaica Plain? Well, especially from with the people uh, that it's representing, I feel like it speaks to the community and it gives voice and memory to these people that are so important and make up the community, make the, the community what it is. And it just delights me to see this like homage to like color and brightness and these pops and like the uniqueness that kind of makes up the neighborhood. The rainbow outfit is, so, is sort of representational of the LGBT community. Um, the 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 black lines are sort of like they double as a crown and a sunray um, to sort of like let your inner light radiate. Um, and then on the other on the side of the building, there's a yellow dot, and that dot represents uh, sort of like the period at the end of a sentence, right? And you can kind of you can choose what you want that sentence to be, and it represents hope, right? And just hope that we're moving in the right direction in terms of dismantling oppression um, in all forms, basically. And now it's time for our first edition of Talk of the Town, where we share the freshest events happening this week in Boston. With summer right around the corner, we have an endless supply of great things to do around the city. Uh, Hello Black Live Mixtape Volume 4 Pride Edition takes place tonight at the Boston Center for the Arts Plaza Theater at 6.30 p.m. 
Uh, Hella Black is a one night only pop-up event featuring the work of local black singers, songwriters, dancers, visual artists, and storytellers. You can learn more on the BCA website at bostonarts.org. This Saturday marks the 25th year of Do It Your Damn Self, the longest running youth film festival in the country. From 6 to 10 p.m. in Kendall MIT Open Space, enjoy youth films from around the country, with filmmakers present to discuss the themes and topics of their short films. For more information, DIYDS.org. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for the premiere broadcast of BNN News. Uh, we hope you will join us on Mondays and Thursdays live at 5.30 p.m. And remember, you can also live stream or watch us on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each episode will be rebroadcast at 9.30 p.m., 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, RCN Channel 15, and Fios Channel 2161. And don't forget, you can also hear us on the radio at 6.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. on WBCA 102.9 FM. We are excited for this journey with you, Boston. For BNN News, I'm Kelly Ransom. And I'm Faith Amaphidon. We'll see you Monday.